0: So, basically, when we started our podcast, How to Stay Married So Far, 101 episodes ago, we never imagined that we would both be sat opposite each other with an identical diagnosis of ADHD. Right. Wow. Mm. Wow. And now, as we... I, I was just diagnosed just a few weeks ago. Mark was diagnosed when?
1: Um, four months ago. Four months ago. Yeah.
0: And... I have been discovering an awful lot about ADHD. I've been reading a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts, um, watching YouTube videos. And and I just can't believe how so much of our brain diversity is, is probably what drew us together.
1: Yeah, it's weird just listening to you say there that, because I keep thinking about this a lot, as soon as you, what? as soon as you get a diagnosis, you've only had ADHD, really, haven't you? Um, You go into research mode, you go into analysis mode, you go into hearing other people's testimonies, you you do all of that, and I I totally understand why. Um, And that's what I do in my job all the time. I go into things, I like to research things, I like to look into things, I like to look behind things. But when it comes to a mental condition that affects me, I don't want to know yeah. anything. And it's, I want to know to the extent of I've had the diagnosis, what are the broadest brush strokes, or, and, and what, in a weird way, the reason I don't want to know and I don't want to research is not because I'm... Resi- you, bless you, you're running around sort of sending links to this and that and the other. Bless you, running around. No, 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 I don't mean I it say. like that. I mean, I bless you as in I'm the exception, no not you. Most people will do what you're doing and it's kind of a sensible thing to do. But the reason I don't want to do any of that and the reason I find myself not wanting to is that I find, and I found this when I was originally diagnosed with depression, I find that what happens is it almost depersonalises myself. So I become, all I be, all it becomes about it is seeing what of me is in what I read or seeing in what I read is part of me. And the process of losing myself increases. So I become, oh, I like that article. Right. Oh, yeah. like they say. And I'm like, but that isn't sufficient. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's, it's enough. Um, and this is about ADHD. It's about all of this it's almost enough if a psychiatric expert has said it. Mm. That's enough because how it manifests for me, I don't want to lose any more of my individuality to a definition, mm. to a diagnosis, to a trend of behaviour, to habits, to symptoms. And, and it's weird. I mean, I think the two of us are very different like that. Yeah. So when I, not, The reason I'm saying this is I haven't actually said it to you in person. It's not that I'm not interested it's not that I'm not um, respectful of why you're doing it and all that kind of stuff but it is part of my survival is actually not to go into it Mm -hmm. in macro detail because it's almost like and I think part of that is I don't want to bang on about being an alcoholic it's like all these things I don't want to bang on about it to myself because it's bad enough being it it's bad enough living it so to kind of, like, equip myself even more and, and have even more ADHD-defined or bipolar-defined or depression-defined de- understandings of why I do that with my arm or why I do that with my head or why I still sit like that, I find it really difficult to deal with. I find it really difficult to deal yeah, with.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's different folks, different strokes, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, I was I, I was surprisingly... Really, I was shaken up when I got the diagnosis, even though we'd had probably a good year of going, oh, well, if it's not ADHD, what is it? Oh. Everybody knows that it's a regular on this channel, knows that it takes me six weeks to tidy a room and then I can't tidy a room. It takes me, you know, I'll put something down and lose it 10 times. Um, all those things that literally, it's like a friend of mine who, who isn't diagnosed yet, but is pretty sure she's got ADHD. She said, I'm just so sick and tired of my head. my head is driving me crazy Mm -hmm. and um i think i think part of why i found it so difficult to accept the diagnosis was because i'm so i have these i have such entrenched masking and labels that i've given myself over the years like i just routinely will say oh you're so stupid Oh, you're such an idiot. Oh, well, if you just concentrate more. Oh, da-da-da. I've done that all through my life. Like, mm-hmm. the standard thing to say about me, and still is within my family, is say, oh, she's so dozy. Oh, well, don't ask her, she won't be able to do it. So these multiple labels that I have had... That's within your extended
1: me, family, because none of us think you're dozy. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that
0: my, my, my um those labels that I yeah. got, I almost panicked when somebody said to me, there's a chance... Oh well not there's a chance you can definitely peel those labels off so i rejected the diagnosis i was like i haven't got it and and my lovely assessor said no no because she thought i was i didn't want adhd but my attitude was i didn't deserve adhd
1: you didn't deserve an explanation No,
0: no i am these things because i am very solid in that that anxiety and to take anything that that any anxiety away from a person can actually give them anxiety is like well I mean if I'm not stupid and if I'm not and for me also the compulsive eating all my life it's been such a battle to discover that this is simply this is simply me trying to get a dopamine hit it was just I mean it's just Mm. mind-boggling things that I found but also If you have an ADHD parent, you have an 80% chance of being ADHD yourself. And our children
1: both have ADHD parents. Doesn't that make you think backwards up there? We're kind of almost putting the cart before the horse. (coughs) I mean, in terms of, excuse me, in terms of how to stay married and a relationship, I think what's really interesting about everything that's happened between us in terms of ADHD diagnosis is we both, we have huge similarities in some areas, in a sort of symptoms if you like or behavior and we have massive dissimilarities in other areas and I think for me perhaps <laughs> I mean again going back to That's what one I sent I haven't looked into it too much but <laughs> but one of the things that I found in a sense most captivating or interesting just to myself in my head is the extent to which in my own diagnosis and in my own you know, and I had a really it was like an hour and a half's kind of really intense psychiatric assessment by a by an ADHD expert. Mm. As did I, <laughs> it's very yeah, intense. It's it? very intense. And when you're told you you sort of you surpass the diagnostic register, and you sort of think, fucking hell, that means you go, you go above it. I don't know. Anyway, um and I'm saying, well, but I'm not like a sort of shaking my leg, fidgeting. She said, you know, the ADHD can be happening, you can you can present physically you know still you've been physically inactive right. is, but in here yeah,
0: it's crazy it's, it's crazy. crazy shit yeah. and this is why so many people don't ever have the chance of a diagnosis because unless you're running up and down the walls like a naughty schoolboy people assume you haven't mm-hmm. got ADHD and people have got very strong yeah. ideas about what ADHD is and that's why I really want the information because I want to know when somebody says to me you haven't got ADHD because people do Because we've just got a really. Don't get me wrong, I'm not not
1: saying it's right about me and the information. I'm saying it's. It's just what you think think. No, I think it's for me, it's a crucial part at the moment of my survival.
0: Well, one of the links that I sent yesterday, I think it's on your links, was about ADHD in in couples, in marriage. And the thing is, there are no... I did no, have that one. There are no two ADHD. Yeah. It, it is, every single person is different. So mm. some people might really struggle with timekeeping. Both of us are always on time. Mm. Because actually, we've learned to be very, very particular about time. Yeah. You know, we'll get there early. We look at our watch 10 times before we go out. Yeah. Some a neurotypical brain would go, I'm leaving at 8, and then they would get on with things, and they'd more or less know when it's 5 to 8, yeah. and they'd leave. But... Why? And I'm trying to keep this a bit more, I suppose, to marriage because I am going. To, I am on our YouTube channel doing an individual sort of diary where mm. I'm going through what's happening for me. But regarding our marriage, it has been really phenomenal finding out more about you through my investigations into ADHD and the way that it impacts on us. Right. No, but it's given me so much more yeah. sympathy and right. empathy to you. I think I have huge sympathy and empathy. you too. massive. And,
1: but... I don't need any more. <laughs> there are
0: certain things about you that I have found very, very difficult and to not get really angry about. like. Yeah. I am I'm certainly not somebody who goes "Oh, pull yourself together about depression or anything no not at all you know I want to hear how you're feeling I want to know I want to you know and regular listeners know this but this sensitivity dysphoria which is a part of the ADHD for some people um, is, is just a horrendous thing to live with and in fact I was interviewing one explain the, what that is yeah I was interviewing a woman the other day on For Loose Women who has it and it's, it's basically part of your brain, it's extreme sensitivity. So something that somebody else might be able to dismiss very easily, somebody with this and listen, I'm no expert, I'm only just finding out about this stuff. No. Uh, we're only showing up, sharing our own experience, not giving advice. This disorder means that things are taken very in very deeply. I mean, suffice to say, you can look it up yourselves, guys. And and that, just, just talking more broadly about it, has given me a real insight into something about you that has still been a big problem in our marriage because I want to just go, for God's sake, can't you just let that thing go? And there's been a few times since I've been making these discoveries about ADHD where I've gone to that when something you might have said or done and I've gone to that place of like, oh, just so frustrated and I just go, no, actually... Shh. Let the pressure out. This is just something different that's going on for him, and I've let go of it. And it, and it, it's 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 it, it's fascinating to me. And also, I see this same thing in one of our kids, and I now have an understanding of that, whereas before I didn't. So is this
1: take easily taking offence and all that kind of stuff, and wor- sort of spending out it was too much time worrying what people think and changing your behaviour and making choices and decisions because you're worried around about what, around yeah. rejection, around. Yeah. I mean. Uh, One thing I do know, which I thought was really odd, I mean, one of the aspects that's different, just in case guys don't know, to me and Nadia is obviously my psychiatry and medication is trying to unknit or unravel or clarify where the bipolar is, where the ADHD is. Mm. And that's why in a weird way, I'm slightly behind Nadia in my medication because they happen to go quite Sensitively, due to this potential serotonin spike thing that can happen, which when <laughs> it's she just described, a bit scary. well, it's not uh, not only a bit scary, but if there's a way to go, it's the way to go. <laughs> um, sort of die of complete and utter uh, elation. Um, but anyway, so they've got a monitor all of that. But one of the things that I found interesting about this was I've read somewhere, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, that ADHD can happen as a result of trauma as a child. I mean, I, I thought it was something you were born with. But is it something that I if think you're
0: eighty percent of it is genetic?
1: Yeah. That's so, what I've read, but is it, is it is it yet. maybe unlocked or unleashed or aggravated no, perhaps by trauma? Because like you say, if it's a genetically th- if our kids are more inclined towards it, then that means it's endemic within within you. The, very, yet- the very the very the very I mean, why
0: why I would like you to know more about it is because it's not about making excuses, but to have some other reasons like two-thirds of people between 16 and 25 with ADHD will go to addictive behaviours, whether that be food, gambling, sex, drugs, yeah. alcohol, right? Again, this is just my bit of research. This isn't coming from a professional. And, you know, again, that made me just look at you and go, Jesus Christ. You know, you've got bipolar, you had a chaotic childhood, Got ADHD off the diagnostic scale so it just makes me a bit emotional because I think about the young person that you are and I think what a gargantuan task it is for you to stay sober and for you to, you know, get through each day and it's My heart is very open to you, but my heart is even more open to you as I find out about the extra challenges. And also, I'm opening my heart to myself and my own addictive behaviours that I had and the self-loathing that Mm -hmm, I've had. mm -hmm. And like to the outside world, I'm like, because a lot of my life, I am very happy, but this diagnosis let me go to this sticky, dark bit in myself Mm -hmm. that I keep in a fucking box yeah. with a fucking locking key because i don't want it to come out and so knowing this and letting myself off a bit off the hook now not in every way because of course some things that i've done and some of it is just because i've been a shitty person but not all of it yeah, yeah, yeah. not all of it and that's i mean i'm getting a sore throat as i'm speaking just from the emo- the locked emotion that i've had don't for years <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Well,
1: let me, yeah. let me just say I mean, followers of the channel, listeners to the podcast, you'll know. I mean, Nadia is a carer. She is of people. She's an empath. She's, you're interested. In, you know, it's always it's telling that when you were younger, you wanted to be a nurse. And in many regards, you are the absolute anchor and mainstay of love and support within our family. You are a constant and all that kind of stuff. But what comes with that is an enormous pressure. And what comes with that is an enormous cost to you because you are those things, you want to be those things. And I have huge guilt about this. um, And you're being those things whilst having had your own confused and unaware battle with your own ADHD mm. and I think when I Locked. saw and heard how upset mm. you got at the diagnosis and obviously I wasn't with you at that point it really I wasn't surprised I was obviously concerned but it but it <coughs> but it the reason I understood was because it, it was not entirely dissimilar to a lot of the stuff I'd gone through with the depression bipolar you know manic depression I was diagnosed with fucking years ago when I was in rehab you know and and, and I thought you know I had so much compassion for you because for you of all people I mean, it's de rigueur for me to be told I've got another fucking condition. You look (laughs) at your child and, you know, what what a surprise, add it to the fucking list, you know. Um, But for you, this would have been an enormous shock to your system. Because Mm. everything about your personality, which is entrenched, and it does matter that you are Nadia Swallow off the telly, because there is a public persona of you. There's a private persona of you. I always say when people sort of realise who you are who married to, I always say, you know, what you see on television pretty much is what you get in private life. Obviously not, not entirely. Um, but I said, you know, she is what you see. She is this very larger-than-life character. She's incredibly interesting. And, and she is she is ditzy. She is messy. She is chaotic. She, is, she does drink too much or did drink too much and all this kind of stuff. And I'd have thought for you... You've had to go through a mourning process or the grief of losing so many parts, or not losing, but having almost the authenticity questioned of what those defining characteristics of you are. Because that's what for me became really difficult. It's like, well, what's me and what's I this don't, diagnosis? I don't,
0: do you know what? I did the first couple of days. Well, that's what I think I said to you, no, it, it, no, I didn't. It was never that. It was that. I, it was simply that I had decided that I had multiple flaws because I'm deeply flawed, yeah. because there is something just missing in me, that I'm lazy, that I'm this, that I'm all these things, and that's so entrenched it was really difficult to let go of them. They're like little rafts. That's what I am. But, But within a couple of days, I said to you, I think, does anybody with a neurotypical brain ever come down and go, oh, how much of my personality is because I've got a neurotypical brain and how much of my personality is just my personality? That's not what and so, and so so And so I, I, all the things mm. that I am, I'm glad that I am. Do yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't go, oh God, so when I'm this, because it's so enmeshed that it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter.
1: But I remember you saying something that was really, really, I thought, so kind of... Mental, mental illness, health awareness astute. You, it wasn't about mourning the loss. It, it, you've been understood by your family. You've been characterised by your family and friends as this type of person. And I remember you sitting on the sofa there and you were crying and you were saying something along the lines of, You were worried almost that you were going to lose those, that you were fraudulent, that you were going to lose those aspects, the positive aspects that have defined you. Because in all those sort of so-called negative things of chaotic and this and that and that is what makes you a wonderfully excitable person to be around, stimulating person to be around. And you were talking about, and I remember feeling this with my own diagnosis, this idea of... But, but what if none of those are really me? What if those aren't actually me? What if if I take drugs that, that those will be ironed out of me? If people understand me like that, and I've grown, and I know what you're saying, I've grown to love those those flaws mm. in me because, you know, I, I mean, the big problem I have a little bit with all these mental conditions is who hasn't got a bit of all of them? Yeah. and like my,
0: Rebecca, who says uh, me, said I hate that word neurotypical yeah, yeah, yeah. because what does it what mean? What
1: does it mean? <laughs> and also going back to this idea, and I think it's a really important aspect of how we came together both of us drinking a lot, and we had a brief conversation about this the other day, and I think Nadia really kind of... you know, I really thought about it after you'd said it. <coughs> I was the alcoholic, but Nadia was one of those people... Sorry, I'm talking about you in third person because I'm talking to these guys. <laughs> but you were one of these people who often it often happens with heavy drinkers or problem drinkers or someone who could tip into addiction you would always park around you someone who was drinking worse than you yeah I've always been
0: around somebody so
1: you could always kind of look to your own behaviour and go well it's not as bad as that or you know and
0: because I wasn't the falling down the stairs exactly like yeah ending up in bed with somebody I didn't know I was always like under the radar yeah but I was using all my life I've used food um alcohol um, working everything till the last minute, procrastination, yeah. Um, yeah. other people's problems as a way to get my dopamine hit, mm. which is what ADHDs are looking for. You're looking for the dopamine hit yeah. so that you can bam. That's why, yeah. you know, an awful lot of ADHD people, you'll give them a schedule, I don't know, for a week and they'll think they'll start it in the last half hour before they have to yeah. deliver because we need that adrenaline to get the, the dopamine going and that and that gave me a bit of a break i was just like okay where i'm at is i'm just giving myself a bit of a break. i think what was really interesting for me is because i never you you because you're a nostalgic person you look back through your life a lot more than i do and to sit for that long assessment it is intense isn't it and just go, oh, right, we're starting with you at school. Oh, shit, okay. I'm looking back to when I was at school. Mm. And then I'm taken through with all these questions mm. that I never look at. Mm. Because I keep everything in a box mm. down there. I'm not looking at it because now is who I am. Now mm. is what I've made myself into. And to, to unpack all that stuff and go, shit, was kind of, you know, really mm. upsetting. And again, my sister she was so lovely. She said to me when I was upset, she said, If you think about it, she goes, You are not lazy because I've got this thing. Because I've always been given this label that I'm lazy because I can't finish tidying the room and there's piles of stuff everywhere. And she said, If you think about it, you've actually worked 10 times harder than anybody that you're working with that doesn't have ADHD because there's so many things that you're overcoming with ADHD. Mm going back to what we were talking at the beginning here, that's why I wanted to find out more. Mm. And she was saying things to like that to me. I was like, mm. hey, it's double Dutch. What does she mean? What does she mean? Yeah. And and I'm a great believer in giving yourself a break. Mm. I will say it to other people, but I actually never give myself a break.
1: There's a little bit To like the that. outside world I can yeah.
0: But inside I'm conscious going, You're yeah. this, you're that, you're this, you're that.
1: I like her and I like her way of describing it because that's a little bit analogous to do you remember when you ran the marathon and it took you like six hours and it, took me, and it took me six and a half it took me four and I came out and I said well actually you've run for longer I was than depressed I was the only person yeah, to ever run for longer than me yeah and I was trying to make the point that you've actually done something much more no, difficult you,
0: yeah it was amazing when you said that to <clears me> because <throat> Mark was really high and I got to the end and as a person who'd never run before and I completed the marathon yeah but I went home and I was far more depressed than anyone knew it took me six and a half hours, God, what are you like, You're just like why couldn't you've just committed more, you know, this is this it's a good example, actually, and it was good, you said, yeah, but
1: I couldn't have done six and and a half hours. I couldn't have done six and a half hours. So, yeah, so that was the
0: kind of thing that she was saying. You're not late, Nadia, because you think about the time loads and loads. So you don't know that that somebody else that doesn't have ADHD will just go, oh, the time is... But sometimes it's
1: interesting that... So one of the other other aspects, keep tugging it back to the relationship thing. I mean, it's been a curious time, and I feel it's been kind of nice for me to step back a bit into a private place with some of my emotions because I can see that you're going through. I see pennies dropping for you Mm. around... And for the kids. ...coming to terms with your mental health, essentially, or Mm. neurodiversity, or whatever you want to call it. Um, And it's weird because I'm being reminded of when I went through those similar kind of penny drop moments for myself or not even penny dropping because actually virtually nothing is any clearer to me i feel more confused now than i did then but little realizations or little epiphanies or little notif- notices of, of of you know being on meds or whatever that you know this changes or that changes or you know being you know how you approach things you you look at you, you relive things in a different way because you have consciousness and i think perhaps the newness of it all is why you're you're diving, digging it into it deeply you see for me but also because <coughs> of our
0: kids I think the reason I'm yes. doing so much more deeply, and, and both of our children are going to be assessed now, <coughs> is I see the chaos that we've had, and the chaos that brought us together, and, and, and probably we wouldn't change much, but if we can help them avert. Mm some of the chaos and some of this self-loathing and some of the stuff mm. that we've gone through that's phenomenal it's, to have that knowledge. I
1: agree I agree and look, I'm, I'm 100% on board with the whole the whole project in that but it is, it, don't you find yourself ever asking yourself this which for me is one of the big big kind of conundrums with the whole mental health thing yes so much of how we got to where we got to was chaotic and this and there was unhappiness and distress and addiction and all of that kind of stuff but also within it was extraordinary creativity, mm. um, intense relationships, huge experiences. Um, compulsive, yes, in a negative way, but compulsive behavior isn't always bad. Okay. And so it's really hard, isn't it? Because again, yeah. we always want the best for our children, but you don't want to iron out the natural, um, if you like, experiences of life. It, it, you know, you don't want to get to a point where your child is so perfectly honed... It that,
0: it, that's no, 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 not no I, know, it I, know, I know it can't work like
1: that, but I suppose... <laughs> that's your fear. But that's my fear. And yes. also, I mean, I think there's there's room for a, a completely different discussion because for me, there are huge connections between ADHD specifically as opposed to bipolar because bipolar is a totally disabling pit of just despair when you're down mm. and non-productive, in a sense, noise and energy when you're up. It's, it's very hard to harness the the mania that comes with, uh, or the hypermanic that comes with bipolar ups. It's very hard to harness that actually into anything constructive creatively. Whereas I do think ADHD does allow constructive creativity. And but I think we're going giveth- to talk to those giveth- experts, there's a huge connection between yeah. creativity. And-
0: but it giveth and it taketh away. That's the thing with ADHD. Yes. You have that extreme yes. creativity yeah. and then all kinds of other behaviours procrastination, yeah. extreme, you know, sensitivity. why so many creatives
1: are also alcoholics and addicts it, because it's the same, you're using two different things to try and numb yourself yeah. and silence yourself and I think that's something that's interesting how we've both, because in terms of our marriage, how can we have an absolutely, the Scorpios well, and we've both got ADHD? I mean, well, it's a recipe made in hell.
0: Yeah, I mean, my assessor again said that often ADHD people are drawn to each other, just subconsciously sort of drawn right. to each other. Like, People have said so much over this well, how do you stand the mess? How do you whereas we kind of don't see it in the way that somebody yeah, that doesn't so. have AD and also our creativity, if you think about our lives, oh. like one of the things is like really struggling with authority, we both struggle massively with authority. Mm. We cannot be told. Mm. You say it of me, but you are just as bad. No, you no, cannot no. be told no, no, no. anything no. by so we hate having a boss. And I mean, I make it very clear to any bosses I have, if you ever talk to me like you're my boss and tell me off, I'm going to leave. Mm. Because I know that that's what I do, it's what I'm well, yeah, no, no. I'm out of here. But then, and, and what we have done is, subconsciously we've created... Made
1: ourselves our own bosses. Our
0: bosses, our life mm. is like... And we are extremely creative together. We have a very... We do, we procrastinate and then we have high energy and mm. we get stuff done. But there is a middle road, I think. And this isn't for this podcast, but you can... I'm going to be talking about it in in detail, the medication journey, mm. and um, I have started medication, and I've got a lot to say about it about that. But what I would say is that has given me enormous hope. It doesn't wipe you out. Mm. It doesn't wipe the person out like some mental health medications can, that I've heard of anyway. It's yeah, but that that's for another. I, I feel
1: out. like we've only kind of scratched the surface. We haven't even really talked about the behaviour of each other. Maybe we need to talk about it again yeah, at a later date. It's just part day. one. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. ADHD part one. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because ADHD. If I think of say something that I'm very proud of at the moment, which is say my film and the long list for the Oscars. If I look at how, the genesis of that film and how I went about it and the chaos of losing the it was such an ADHD chaos of losing, you didn't see losing the, the edit. Yeah. Uh, on the cloud, and the the chaos, there was ADHD chaos all around that film, all around it, all the time. But then the net result is such a glorious one, and you wonder, would the net result have happened without the ADHD chaos?
0: Well, that's why I'm not going back in my life and going, oh, what if I'd done that? Because I think Ah. that's the road to madness. I'm thinking about, wow, Hmm." to have a bit more clarity, to have a bit more focus to not have the noise all the time in my head what could that be like
1: yeah
0: but we'll do part two
1: yeah no i think we need to talk about living with someone with adhd because i've seen changes in your behavior and there are parts of your behavior that i know really upset you you know that's what we haven't talked about is like when before you got diagnosed all those aspects of your behavior that could i could see stressed you and distressed you where is the bloody thing i yeah
0: can't find them any, yeah anyway all right. but we all do part two we want to keep these short because we're aware if you have ADHD you get bored in fact what you might
1: want to do is put, put, watch this and play it on double speed
0: <laughs> also um, up on our channel on our YouTube channel in case you're listening to this just on podcast I am doing a series of films where I talk about the assessment and the aftermath and medication and all of that so uh, yeah there you go